Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. recorded welcome to courts at indiana podcast i'm not sure did everybody hear that extra this meeting is being recorded thing i, I did yeah okay i wonder if that's being gonna end up on the podcast there we go a new wrinkle starting off the show with a surprise uh dominic neely joining us as always each week kyler is sick he's bedridden so he says i'm not sure we believe him do we believe him dominic questionable <laughs> Zach is doing father-daughter things with softball. But we've got a special guest. We're, we're, we're continuing our coaching series. Coach Dave Benter from Brownstown Central is joining us. Coach, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Um, we have uh, sort of let off some of these, or the first few podcasts of these have been coaches that we think are coaching teams that, We'll definitely look forward to making a deep run in the state tournament. And then a lot of them, most of them made pretty good runs this past year. I think Christmas Addicts is the only one that we, we did more four a teams to start. Um, but Addicts has been the only one that really didn't make a decent, decent run in the state tournament. Of course they come through sectional 10. So that's a different animal in a lot of cases, but, but you guys, you probably come through the toughest two a sectional. Wouldn't you think? I would think so. Uh, you know, Southwestern, we beat them in the championship game of the section. They had a great team. But then Providence is the, the team that, you know, that they won the state two years ago. Uh, they gave us a really good game in the sectional this year. And, and they're they're not going anywhere. They're going to be as good or better next year. You get a little bit of a reprieve. Eastern might not be as good as they've been. They, they definitely – I mean, lo- losing Cherry – that's a size-wise kind of a difference. Losing hurt. They, they got good guards back. Uh, yeah. They, they, you know, they they're very well coached. They, they, we played them late in the season in our conference game, and in the section they tried holding the ball on us both times. So they, you know, they play a very deliberate style, and, and as do you know a lot of schools down around this area. So, you know that they're they're always going to be a threat. Um, but, but like I said, yes, I, I felt last year we had the toughest two, a, it's not a knock in any other sexuals in the state, but I felt we had the toughest two, a sexual in the state. No, it's okay to say it. I mean, it's, you know, the four, a, we, we all say sectional 10 is the toughest. There was a stretch where sectional eight Carmel Noblesville sectional was, was absolutely loaded and it's still difficult and probably the second best sectional at that level. I think the sectional you, you were in last year was the number of quality teams. I mean, I saw Southwestern play uh, South Ripley during the regular season. Probably wasn't their best game. Um, I didn't leave that thinking they were a whatever their record was at that point, 19 and two or whatever. It was late in the year. But but that's, you know, that's they were in your sectional, too. I mean, that was just such a loaded sectional that getting out of that. um I don't know that it got any easier for you in the regional or semi-state either. So, well, um, semi-state was pretty fun, 
from a spectator standpoint. Like, <laughs> it, was, it, was good, it was good. Te- it was good teams. Let's just say that. Yes, I agree. I agree. I was neutral. I didn't. I didn't have a whole lot of dog in that hunt, so it was kind of a fun, fun evening of games. But Dominique, go ahead and yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and go. for sure, Coach. It just we kind of usually talk about the summer, right? Like in June, I, I think I didn't follow every single game of your guys's, but I know you guys won a lot, a um, lot of games, a lot of good competition. But what do you guys try to accomplish? You know, in June as a team, getting a lot of camps, more individual stuff. You know, what what, what kind of goes on in June for you guys? Well, we, we, we do some individual stuff, but we try getting out and playing, you know, the best competition we can, you know, with our with our conference and, and you know, our, our, our schedule. And I, I really feel like our schedule the last few years, we've really tried to up our schedule. Next year, you know, we play every Hoosier Hills team down here except Floyd Central next year, who we've played Floyd for the last eight years probably. Uh, we're playing at Carmel. We're in the sneakers for Santa. We're playing in the, in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so, so, you know, our, I feel like our schedule um, during the season, but, you know, we've kind of taken the philosophy in the summer. I always tell the kids, nobody's going to remember, hey, you remember this team back in 2021, how good they were in the summer. So we are going out trying to play the best possible teams that we can and get our guys better. And, uh, you know, I, I feel that that we've got a team capable of of competing against all of those teams, and I, I think we've proven that the last couple summers. And you know, it, it's been really good. It's worked for us, and and I still plan on continuing to do that. You know, as as we further into our career, my career. For sure, who you guys got in the sneakers for Sander game? We don't know yet. Uh, okay. You know, they, they, they change, they, they've turned that over, I think to Brownsburg's athletic department. And that's going to be one of the first calls I make the first week of school. Uh, so, so I'm not sure yet. Okay, cool. And I was going to say, how do you talk to your team about expectations? Because obviously coming back, you guys got everyone back. You had a really good June. Uh, you know, obviously you guys are the favorite in two way. Uh, so how, what do you, what's your message to the team to kind of tamper expectations and keep everyone, you know, grounded? Well, we, we, you know, we we try to just focus more on the present and getting better every day. And you know, we always talk about, you know, we always have three goals. You know, to to win our conference, to you know, get better as the year goes on, and then win our sectional. So we really don't talk a lot about, you know, end of season expectations uh, throughout the year. Um, but you know, we just. I, I think the important part is just holding your kids to high standards and, and not accepting anything but that. Uh, but that's really the philosophy, no matter what our expectations are. You know, obviously, I've coached teams that, you know, are a lot more talented. And, you know, on paper, this is obviously going to be the most talented team I've coached in 26 years. But, you know, it, it's, you know, every year, no matter whether it's the best team I coach or just the middle of the pack team I've coached, we try to hold them to as high standards as we can and try not accepting anything, but, but their best every day. For sure. For sure. When was the last time you were in the middle of the pack? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 20. Okay. I'm scrolling back. I, I saw 2020. Okay. I found a year. <laughs> we, we, we got off the bad. We started off two and 10 that year, but then we ended up winning the sectional. Actually, we had a, we actually yeah. kind of run late and won the sectional. COVID cut that down then, right? I was yeah. scrolling back yeah. here. You say we had an off year. I'm like, when the heck did you have an off year? <laughs> it definitely wasn't when Kessinger was at Corden. We had some we had some good teams during that stretch. Yeah, those were some fun. Yeah, I, yeah it's 
sometimes a lot of my memories are wrapped around kids I've coached in the area and in, in, in your area, at least in uh, Kessinger and Cherry. Those are the times I've – heck, I think those are the times I've seen you play when it's not been in the state tournament or in June. It's just going down and watch those guys play. Yeah, we, we, we had some good good teams during that stretch. I'm still looking for – you've had, what, two mediocre years, three maybe? Jeez. It's a good <laughs> run, Coach. It's it's a great run. Thanks. appreciate it. Uh, all right, 1999 was rough. Your first year was rough. Okay, there we go. We found a, we found a chink in the armor. Jeez. Were you going to get fired after that first year? I had – there were some wagons circling, I think. I, I think there were some people, people questioning after the first couple of years. Austin 40 balled you. That couldn't have been good. I don't know why were we living that. I'm just blowing your uh, Austin, yeah. Austin had a couple of guys in that team, Bruce Johnson and Anthony Winchester. Yeah, Winchester's good, yeah. Yeah. It's been so long since you've had a bad year, I had to go back and look it up. Hey coach, uh talk talk about your the you know, your you got your son on the team who's obviously Jack committed to oh, I steal uh, my question. Purdue um and Mr. Basket one of the Mr. Basketball favorites as well, but talk about that father-son relationship. We had coach Lynch on earlier and I talked to him about that a little bit with his son, but talk about that father-coach relationship, how that goes for you guys. You know, I had I had a coach tell me several years ago, Jim Matthews, and I'm sure you guys know Jim, uh, you know, very well respected and once I had a son, he he told me, he said the best advice I can give you, your son better be either be the best player in your team or your worst player. And he said if it's anywhere in between, it's going to be tough coaching him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you know Jack's background. Jack, Jack's been very skilled from early age. He's always had a great feel for the game and very skilled. Uh, but his body wasn't real cooperative in middle school. You know, he's a late developer. Um, you know, we weren't sure. And I, I was even, you know, in eighth grade, he's more skilled probably than any of my varsity kids at that time. Uh, but his body, you know, I, I still question whether. So his body started to change during COVID. He, you know, to his credit, he, you know, I, I can't imagine a lot of kids working harder during COVID than what he worked. Um, helped his body, helped his game. And then, you know, he came back a lot different from his eighth grade year to his freshman year. But he's still, still, if you watch him play his freshman year, um, you know, the game we got beaten a sectional was maybe the most incredible game I've seen him play to this date. Um, he almost single hand. I think he scored every point of ours in the second half. Uh, he missed very few shots in that game. He just, he almost willed us to victory in that game. Um, but you know, it's, we, we've had about one blow up probably per year, uh, you know, where he, you know, I think last year there's a time he, he, um, called my wife as before he drove and said, um, will you pick me up tonight from practice? And, and, you know, so, so, you know, we've had about one of those, but, I, I can't describe, you know, what it's meant to me to be able to coach him and how great of an experience it's been. The the good thing is we, we started like his group and the grade surrounding, you know, we, we started our kids at Brownstown at a pretty early age. So he was playing with a lot of the same kids you know, so it's not just him. You know, I've got a close relationship with a lot of those kids that, you know, in kindergarten, he, he was playing competitively in kindergarten. Uh, you know, he, he was playing up by kindergarten with some second graders. So a couple grades ahead of him, the, the grade behind. So he's 
he's played. So it, it's been, you know, th this group we've had, you know, around him um, has been, you know, but we've had several groups like that, you know, that have, that have played together from an early age. And it's just so happened I've, I've been more of a part of this group. The We talked a little, you, you mentioned his body type and how, um, sorry, I just got a text from, Drew Tower at Brownsburg, so it kind of made me chuckle there. Um, they're going to announce the sneakers for Santa draw next week, by the way. Great. This is what they're doing. So it doesn't mean you shouldn't call him, but at the same time, <laughs> they, he, he mentioned, I was trying to get some breaking news, but uh, didn't. It's, they're not ready to do that yet. Um, what What part of, what, what, what is Jack going to have to do to adjust play, to play in the Big Ten? Uh, I think a lot of things. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, if you, you watch, you know, the physicality and, um, you know, and, and that's one thing he's always been, obviously, you know, Jack is, is never going, his athleticism has gotten a ton better in the last several years, but it, it's not, you know, it's, he's not going to go into big 10 to be an elite athlete in the big 10. I think everybody knows that, um, you know, right now, because of the attention he gets, uh, he shoots, uh, I don't know what percentage, but a very high percentage of his three-pointers are off the dribble. Um, he very, very, very rarely gets a catch-and-shoot three. Um, he did when he was younger, but now he, he hardly ever does. And it's just that... You know, we, we've seen every kind of defense imaginable. And, you know, that, that's and that's one thing kind of going off top, topic a little bit here. But, um, you know, when we play a lot of 4A schools, a lot of those schools will play him straight up. And his numbers have kind of shown that, that, you know, he's, he's put up pretty large numbers against several of those teams. Yeah. Um, so so he's had to adjust. And that's what Coach Painter, that's one of the things he said. He, he told Jack, he said, Jack, the game's going to be so much easier for you when you play with, you know, you know, when you're not having to drag guys and, and shoot three pointers off the dribble and, and, and some of the things that he, he has to do in high school. Uh, so, so, but I, I think, you know, he's continuing to work on his body. He knows that, uh, you know, they told Jack, you know, right from the start, the, the best way to get into a big 10 game early in your career is you got to be able to guard. You got to be able to not turn the ball over. Um, I, I mean, I think Jack's, Skill wise, I, I think is he's really skilled. He's got a great feel for the game. I I, I think people will all agree on that. Um, but but those are obviously the areas that you know he's got a, you know he's not a turn high turnover guy. You know in AU or in high school, um, but he's definitely got to be able to be able to guard his position. You know that 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 that's that's tough and that's tough for any freshman. You know whether you're athletic or not athletic. You know that that's that's a lot of times tough for any freshman, but. He, he understands that, you know, he understands he's got to get better at that end of the court. Well, and high turnovers for him may be relative as much as he handles the ball for you. I mean, I can remember yeah, when – I remember when when there was a deal where um, – um, gosh, who's the GM of the Sixers? Uh, uh, Morey um, – ah, I forget Martin. his first name. Huh? Daryl. Daryl Morey, yeah. When he was the GM for the – when he was the president of the Houston Rockets, they talked about James Harden's – turning it over almost five times a game. And he says, look, we look at it like this. We turn it over 14 times a game as a team, which is one of the league's best. He says, if our, the guy that handles the ball 75% of the time has five turnovers a game, we think we're, we're doing okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. you know, watching him play for you guys is, 
is not going to be the same as watching him play for Purdue, obviously. And absolutely uh, not. And he and he does get and this isn't this isn't a criticism by any stretch of imagination because getting to the free throw line is smart, <laughs> smart basketball. As as much times as he gets in the paint and just kind of bullies his way through, yeah. Um, you know, that's that might be a part that doesn't translate to the Big Ten. Yeah, um, absolutely. Getting fouled might. Um getting fouled might, but and I'll, I'll be anxious to see him playing more without the basketball. Yes. Yeah, so as I, as I, well I, as he I, shoots it coming off screens. Yeah. Are you yeah, able to do much uh, of that there? Uh, not a lot because I'm going to be honest. Like if, if, if he comes off a screen, like guys are jumping that a lot of times and sending two guys to him at times and, and, yeah. and just, you know, it, it's, he, he just doesn't get coming off screens uh, I mean, the, the the tension he gets is 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 pretty. It's more than you know. I've coached twenty six years. I've never had a player even in the same ballpark. The the tension that he gets. Save um, it for game. We, save it for Gamebridge. The, the the good thing Big is, we, you know, we've got you know we've got you know our other guys have worked so hard, and, and you know we've got other guys. You know we've got guys that shot the ball real well this summer. Shot the ball well last year. Uh, you know, we I know we went to championship game to or semi-state last year, but we we were still young. I mean, we we were experienced. We had some experience, you know, Jack and Parker Heyman will both be four year starters next year. Um, but but we were still young uh, this year. And I think it sh- it showed at times, especially in the championship game, the semi-state. Well, yeah, and Coomer and Hall. Comer, Coomer. It's Coomer. Coomer. Right? Coomer yeah, yes. Hall, both those guys yeah. are are skilled. Both are good shooters. Coomer can really shoot it. Yes. And you know, and he can get he can get going. He can put up twenty easily. I mean, he can get a game. Yes. But but both they, those both yeah, of those two. Yes. They spent too much pressure on Jack, then those guys get going. And you got yes. any other guys that you think will be stepping up this year into bigger roles? Uh yeah, we've we've got so Parker Heyman, uh, he started to really step up last year. He actually broke our three-point school single-game three-point record um, that Jack had had, and he had 12 in the game, shot 40%, I think, from the three or 42%. And his assist-to-turnover ratio is like 88 assists to 23 turnovers. Uh, uh, you know, he's he. I've mentioned this before. He's he is probably the best vocal leader I have coached in 26 years. Extremely vocal on the court, great motor. Um, you know, he's a he's a small college basketball player. And then, you know, we, we've had a, another senior who's really had a good summer for us named Adam Stahl, about 6'4", left-handed. It more, he's always been an inside player, but he shot the ball really well for us this summer. Uh, we had an incoming sophomore, uh, Micah Sheffer, who – Played as a played a role as a freshman last year, probably about our seventh man. So those guys, you know, are, are, are stepping up. And then, you know, we've got several other guys that you know, you know, played JV for us last year, and and we're expecting big things from. Dominique, yeah. Um, do you guys ever talk about like you and Jack? I mean, you know, he's obviously a Mister Basketball candidate. Um, you know, right, right at there, right there at the top with, with obviously Flory, uh, Badunga. But do you guys ever have any type of conversation like that? Kind of what that looks like, or seeing that you know, in the past, there's only been a couple two way kids to to win Mister Basketball, or any any conversations like that go on? 
We talk a little bit about it, but I wouldn't say it, it's it's a big focus. Um, you know, he's his big focus this year is you know having a good season, doing well, getting himself ready um, for Purdue. Um, but, but yes, I, I mean, th- that would be like the ultimate honor for him. You know, he's, he's, you know, being a coach's kid, you know, you grow up in that environment. I, I, I was fortunate enough to be the all-star coach when Charlie Hall was an all-star director. And, you know, it, it's just, I think Jack was maybe nine years old, eight or nine years old at that time. So he's went up and stayed over half the time with me, he and my daughter. And, and that made it even more special that week. They were both able to spend some time up there with me and spend the night and come. And, you know, I've got video of Jack playing with, you know, with PJ Thompson and Bryant McIntosh and, and, and those kind of guys. He's got pictures with Trey Lyles and James Blackman. So, you know, the, those are, those are memories that, you know, he, he, he grew up, you know, a lot of kids don't have that luxury to grow up in that environment. And, you know, I, I was, you know, very fortunate, you know, that I, I've, you know, the game's been really good to me and, and I was fortunate. It's one of my best memories as a coach being able to do that. And especially to have my kids that involved. Any, any prep schools call? No. And that's, <laughs> I, I, I told another AD who had a coaching opening. I said, if I, I think if I took Jack out of Brownstown right now, I, 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 I think that, you know, I'd probably never, go, never, go never be welcome back in Brownstown again. You'd have to go with him. <laughs> the, uh, oh, what was, that was my follow-up was going to be dag on it. Um, I was going to ask, I see, I was going to ask that question and, oh, whenever I get a prep school that calls about kids I'm coaching, I always just give them the school coach's number <laughs> and don't, and don't tell them what number I'm giving them. <laughs> I just give them the school coach's number and, let them figure it out. Not not my favorite thing in the world because I don't think they – I mean, I, there, I guess there's a certain scenario where it would make sense, and a lot of that would be wrapped around maybe being at a small school that, that may or may not get much exposure or may or may not have the kind of schedule that would challenge a kid athletically, but you've done a great job of scheduling. Uh, you, you touched on that very early on, and you've taken even a bigger step forward this year. Um, you know, and I, and I imagine some of that will – some of that will fold away. Um, well, I don't know. Hall and Coomer, they're juniors, right? Are they? Yes. Yeah, yes. they're juniors. So you'll have another year with that group. Um, I mean, it's just sustainable. I mean, you've always, like you said, you've always played the the Hoosier Hills teams. So at least as far as I remember. But yes, yes. But yeah, leaving Fishers, leaving Brownsburg doesn't make sense to me. But that's just me. So, hey, coach, can you can you talk about uh, some of your other guys recruiting, like where they're kind of projecting to go or maybe got some offers from, you know, Kobe Hall and Coomer are going to be juniors, but maybe some of your mm-hmm. incoming seniors as well, Parker Heyman and things like that. Uh, Par- Parker, you know, we, we've we've got a few Division three co- coaches that are calling about him. Uh, then we got, you know, Chase and Colby They're They're kind of like both wild cards right now. They're they're you know, we've, you know, they've been invited to a couple division one elite camps, uh, division two NAI, you know, they're, they're kind of all over the place right now. And we're kind of f- trying to figure out, you know, where they're, where they're still going to end up. Uh, I, I'm not sure what level I, I know both of them are definitely, you know, college players that uh, they, they both, you know, they're both gym rats. They both, you know, 
they, they both the the thing that, that makes guys like that so easy to coach they both want to be good and want to be good players and anytime you coach a kid that that wants to be a good player you know they're easy to coach you know that doesn't mean you don't have your battles with them or they might be hard-headed or and, and those two aren't really but um, but both those two have desire to, to be good. So that makes it easier. And Park, Parker's the same way, you know, Parker's, uh, you know, he, he started, you know, Parker's like Jack, you know, he, he started playing Jack and, you know, he probably started more in first grade and, you know, he's just always been a gym rat, loves basketball. So, you know, it's real unique. The, the thing is, you know, you go up to Carmel and, you know, Carmel's 20th guy is probably playing AU somewhere and going to an individual trainer, you know, that that's, that's the thing that that's the, you know, I, I talked to, you know, a lot of, a lot of the coaches we played up in Indy this summer, I, I talked to them and one of the big differences between like a two, a school and, and, and like a Carmel, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of times, it's sometimes not your top players. And sometimes it is, you know, Carmel had that crew a few years ago. That's, you know, I had all those division one guys, but sometimes your top players are fine, but you know, then you get to, you know, you get down the line and Carmel has that, that, 18th guy who's playing AU and playing basketball year round and got an individual trainer, you know, we don't have those things in Brownstown. And that's been one of the tougher things, you know, and Colby, Chase, Jack Parker, you know, those guys are driving to Floyd Knobs to, you know, a body workout guy during the week, you know, they're going to individual trainers during the week. And, and that, that takes a commitment when you live in Brownstown, Indiana. You know, that that's, you know, the, there's not a lot of those things in Brownstown. So all of those guys, that's how you can tell, like those guys want to be good. They want to win. Uh, you know, one of the the best signs, you, you know, that how, you know, one of the reasons that, that we've been able to be successful, you know, and this is, you know, I we finished one of our last practices of the summer. And I, I the girls were getting ready to come on to practice. And I told our guys, hey, the, you know, the ball's got to go up and our guys just all went in the stands and just started talking and they were just sitting over there laughing. And, and, and it, it's just the chemistry our team has has been great. And I, I think it's difficult sometimes to go deep in the tournament if you don't have that. And, and that doesn't guarantee anything, you know, like I said, we've talked about our sectionals, you know, going to be tough to get out of, but, but you know, that, that's, that, that's so, so fulfilling as a coach to see that. I think anybody that listens to this podcast will be relieved that I'm not the one that brought up Carmel. So, um, <laughs> since that's where I'm, since that's what I bleed, it seems like, but what, I just, said it, that they're on our schedule next year. So yeah, well, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Coach, I, does a great, I, coach does a great job there. Yeah, absolutely. I loved it when bar Reeve came up. We, I love their games with Valpo. I just saw that Carmel's playing crown point. Now I'm assuming that's going to be a multiple year deal. They got Christmas addicts back in the schedule. So these are games I, I take a lot of interest in, so I'm I'm happy to have you guys come up to. I'll, I get to drive a whole mile and a half to watch you guys play. It'd be a lot easier than driving to Brownstown. Is that a is that a single year thing? Is that a play it by year? Or did you guys sign a home? Do that, some sort of that is a year? single that is a single year thing. We, no, we just, no visit. No, we just picked up Jeffersonville this year, and that's going to be a two year thing. Oh, nice, nice. Well, there you go. That may be a good game too, Sharon. Je- Jeffersonville should be really good this year. <laughs> yeah, they got yeah, they got a nice junior class. Um but yeah, but Jack's a load, so it's a nice nice uh nice problem to have when your kids as good as your son is. So um 
Ah, man, what was the follow-up on that? I, You know, I, it was funny. I saw your game against Carmel at, at IU's team camp last summer. And, you know, the first half, Jack, his physicality with the with the with Carmel's smaller guards. I mean, it really he really kind of had his own way there for the first half, and I think the second half he started hitting that second layer of length with with some of the kids they had last year. Um, he he struggled a little bit just to, and again, there's you know you're not making a whole lot of deep adjustments in these games, right? It's just team camp, but at the same time, you're not probably not going to have that same lay that same extra layer of length with this current group because they're going to be uh, be one of our smaller Carmel smaller teams in a while. Um, but they're going to be, they're going to be different, I'm, but I'm looking forward to that game. Yeah, it should, it should be a good game. What um, I'm trying to think like anything you do differently against Linton. We, we, I mean, like, your gut reaction, you walk out of the gym, you're thinking, you know, you know, was so, so anything we like went that? Into, we go into that game, uh, you know, we had spent, you know, a lot of time that week working on them on the one three one, and and mm-hmm. put about four, four or five different plans in against it. Talk, I talked to, I met with a coach, I talked to about three coaches that have played them. Uh, we... You know, I, we watched probably 15 of their films throughout the year, uh, just seeing how teams that had success against them. And, you know, you get there and you, we, we, we had to make a decision during the week. Like if, if we can beat Sassina and get to them, you know, do we, do we make Jack the primary ball hand or do we try getting him off the ball where, you know, we can get him the ball to make plays because it's, it's tough – it's tough having a lot of guys being able to make plays against their length. Mm-hmm. And I, I, so we, we get into that and, you know, we, we, the, the big adjustment, you know, I'll just go ahead and say it. We, we went also went back and forth, whether we were going to put, let Jack guard either Joey Hart or Logan Webb in the first half. Mm-hmm. And we made the decision to use him as a help guy in that first half to keep him out of foul trouble and then move him to one of those two in the second half. And that, that did not, that was not a, looking back that, that that's de- so defensively. That's the first thing I would change. Like if we could go back, I would have put him on Logan Webb to start the game. Yeah. Cause Webb's the one that goes for 23 in the first half. So yes. Yes. And, and if you remember uh, we wanted to switch Jack about part of the way through the first half and then he got this foul Mm-hmm. He got the foul, you know, I think Braden Walters went up to try dunking the ball and Jack met him at the rim. And I, I would like to send, send that clip. I, I'm not sure it was a foul, but, but they called it a foul. So it was a foul. Um, so we wanted to get to the second half and, and then, you know, so I, we, you know, we got a halftime, I forget what we were down eight or nine. And I, I you know, I think, you know, we're, we're still okay. And then we just, we did not play well to start of the third quarter. You know, we come out and did not play well. And, you know, we, we finally called that timeout. I think it was late in the third, and we were down 22, I think, at that time. And our JV coach actually told Jack, pulled him aside and told him in front of our team, like, you, you've, you've got to figure out a way to get shots up, whether uh, our other guys have got to go rebound, and That's you've got to figure out a way. And we started ball screening up top a little bit more. And 
um, we turn up our pressure. And, you know, I just told our guys, we have to have one more run in us. You know, we can't get it all back at once. And, you know, we, we, Jack and we as a team took some questionable shots, especially the last probably 10 minutes of the game. But, but we had, we had to have a lot of possessions in order to come back from a 20 point deficit. And it ended up almost working for us. Um, we, we, Got back in it. Um, you know, we cut it to two. The ball kind of bounces loose, and they got that timeout and <laughs> with a minute to go. Um, but you know, they, they they had a fantastic team. So so as far as as you know, those are just a couple things. Um, it's not an easy team to like just come down and and get easy shots against. No, they're uh, weird. They were weird in yeah. in all the right ways. And it's not a team. It's a team that I, I wanted to really probably play first in a semi-state instead of second. Yeah. Because so it's, like it's not like we could just not look at Cecina. Cecina just beaten Park Tudor. Cecina is very well coached, very disciplined. You know, we, we knew in the morning they were going to, you know, slow things down against us, be very physical. Uh, so it's not like we could just spend a week looking at Linton Stockton. Uh, but so, you know, when you turn around and, and play a game and turn around and have to play a team like that, you know, seven or eight hours later, that's not really easy. And, and they did a better job of like being aware where our shooters were and where Jack was at all times. Then I, then I, you know, you can't, you know, it's really easy to to sit in the stands or sit as another coach. Say, well, why don't you just like run them off this screen or move? Like, it it, it it's not always easy. They they did a much better job of shadowing Jack and knowing where our shooters were throughout the game than than I had. I hate to say this, than I had hoped or planned on. Well, you've got two primary guys that shoot it as well and as quickly. Like talking about the quickness of release with Jack and Chase. I mean, yeah. those are the two guys they've got to be the most concerned about, I think. But, I, you know, obviously the big adjustment in the second half was just letting Jack shoot it from 30. I mean, I thought that worked out pretty well for you there for a stretch. <laughs> well, we, we – He's snaking those ball screens and coming up and yeah, launching. We, we we really, you know, we're to the point that our, that our JV coach grabbed him, grabbed a hold of him and said, just shoot the freaking basketball every time you come across the court to come across that ball screen. And – you know, and he looked at our other guys, he said, go rebound. And, you know, it, it's, you know, that that's sometimes tough being a dad also. Um, but, you know, I, our, our, our team, I think, showed their will to win and, and just how determined they were. And they just came up short. You know, if we could have had two more minutes where, you know, we wouldn't have had maybe to extend maybe, but, but, you got to give a lot of credit to them. You know, they, they did a great job, Linton Stockton and Logan Webb. You know, he shot the ball. I hadn't seen him shoot the ball like that consistently mm-hmm. the last month or six weeks of the season. And he, he played an incredible game that game. Um, but but those are just a couple things. So, you know, looking back, I wish I would have started Jack on him defensively. That, that, that would have been one of the big things. I don't remember who I was sitting by, but Dominique, were you sitting by me that game or was that? No, I wasn't there. I can't remember who it was I was sitting by, but I looked at him when Logan hit like his third three, and I was like, well, if, he, if that's what he's going to do, this thing might be over because that's been kind of a weaker spot for him, for him to come yeah. out that 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 hot early. I mean, it certainly had been an improving part of his game, but it's but it, for a long time, not his strength. 
and yeah. just that that was just a different challenge and i had never seen him shoot the ball that well from that from that distance so he he had not the last probably six weeks of the season for sure and yeah. the other thing is they run you know they they run i, I bet on our scouting report we've had 25 sets of theirs that they run at mm-hmm. least uh so you know when when you play them the second game of the semi-state obviously we had we met in a meeting room that day and and um you know, went, went through their stuff, but, and we'd actually went through it earlier that week in practice. I think the, the, I think the Tuesday of that week, we went through Linton Stockton stuff and then we turned all of our attention to Cecina the rest right. of the week. But, um, you know, w- having all their sets that they run, like I said, we felt like we needed a guy that, that was pretty cerebral and, and could help protect the rim a little bit and help, you know, be a help guy in there. So that, that's what we decided you'd do with Jack. And, and yeah. like I said, looking back, I wish we would have changed that. Kind of a subject change. That's kind of a reason to not seed sections. Because sometimes well, I, I think, I think most coaches would rather play the toughest team first. Well, I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, I think, you know, like take, take our sectional draw last year. You know, we, we, we had to beat Eastern the first game and you know, that, that, they came out and, you know, were very deliberate. They, and then, you know, then, then we turn around and, and we had to turn around and play Providence. And, and then our Providence game actually got moved to Saturday night because of weather. So that actually gave us another day to prepare for Providence. And then we turned around and had to play Southwestern on that Monday night. So we, with, with no time to prepare. With no, with no time to prepare. Yeah, because no, you can't, still can't practice on Sunday. So. No, I can't practice on Sunday, and I can't have communication with the guys on Sunday. So we, we actually had the Southwestern scouting report ready Saturday night after the after the Providence game, passed those out, and then I told them, you know, Monday morning we'll we'll meet like our normal walkthrough and go through and get ready Monday yeah. and Monday after school. And those who want the sectionals to be seated, the sectional you were in last year wouldn't have mattered. There was no way to avoid it. So you were going to have a tough draw no matter what, probably. Yes, there there may have been a, a there may have been a way you could have threaded a needle to to get what would have been a considered an easy draw. But I mean that that's that was we said it we said it when we did our preview stuff. We said it when we did our set our season preview and our sectional preview last year that that seemed to be by far the toughest toughest two A sectional. So Dominique, you got I, anything else? Oh, yeah, no. yeah, I wanted to jump in. You guys were able to test out that new format, right, for the state tournament, getting to semi-state with two semi-state mm-hmm. games, one regional. I mean, obviously, in your situation, we you've already talked about, you know, you wish you would have had Linton in the first game, but just the overall thoughts on the, um, you know, how that shakes out now. What what are your thoughts on that new format, just going through it? I like it, and here's why. Here's why I like it. You know, you you get you get done with your sectional and you're just, you know, that Sunday, if you, if you're fortunate enough to win the sectional, you're so exhausted. Your guys are, are mentally drained. We, we've always, you know, we've, we've made it a point that, that we've always given them that Monday. If we've won the section, we give them that Monday off. And, and I'm sure a lot of coaches don't do that, but we, we've always done that every year that we've won the sectional. And, when you, as a coach, I'll be honest, you're drained as a coach also. And then you've got to turn around and prepare for three teams in a short week and get ready. Whereas now, like we played Forest Park this year in the regional. So 
we went our sex. We don't win our sectional until Monday night. And then, you know, I, I had started on that Sunday actually looking around and I, I never do that, but this year I, I did only because it got moved to Monday night. So I started getting videos ready just in case we win for the regional. So by, by Wednesday, I was done watching all the Forest Park stuff. You know, I, I watched it all day or some on Sunday and then all day Tuesday and Wednesday. So our scouting report was ready. So we actually started to look towards our, and again, I've never done this before, but we started to just look a little bit at the semi-state opponents just so, you know, when, when, it, when you've got three teams to repair in that short week, it is just like overwhelming. And then it feels like just such a relief if you win the regional because you only got one semi-state and one state. So I kind of like them mixing up the bigger, you know, scouting situation for sectional, only one regional, and then the bigger scouting with two teams in the semi-state. So that that's why I like it. Yeah, I was on board. I mean, I liked it because it, it put more emphasis on the semi-state than the, than the regional. But then what you're talking about, too, especially if you play three games in that sectional week, you you are you are yes. extremely drained. But yes. What um uh, I had a follow up on that. I can't remember what it was. I don't did you guys have a hotel? It's so we we got a hotel between the between the games. We did yeah. not spend the night. We we drove up to Indy <clears throat> Saturday morning and then we had a hotel reserve that if we did win we had a conference room and i think three or four hotel rooms for the guys to go yeah. rest just to crash out cool. yeah dominique anything else that's it man i'm maxed out of questions usually i get about three in and without yeah, tyler and zach i'm maxed out <clears throat> yeah there's, there's usually four of us we're trying to we were digging for we had some good follow-up so that was good coach appreciate your time coming on here and um Definitely looking forward to watching you guys play. Definitely looking forward to watching you play at Carmel. Appreciate you coming up in my backyard. <laughs> get a, well, get thanks, a chance thanks, to watch. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me on. Yep. Tyler, Dominique, thanks, man. We'll talk yeah. uh, We'll talk after. And again, Coach Bender, thank you for coming on. Appreciate All right, thanks. it. Thanks. Thanks.